How's everybody doing today? Good. Glad to hear it. I want to welcome everybody out. My name is Gary, in case you do not know me. Hello, Morgan. And we are happy to have you here today. And uh, is anybody else glad that spring is officially here? Yeah, it's going to take a vacation for the next few days if you haven't heard. It's going to be a little chilly, but that's going to be okay. So anyway, uh, before we get started, I've got a couple of announcements. One is I've got a thank you card I need to read here. Uh, Sean and Jackie Schilling uh, had a baby uh, a couple months back and ended up in Children's Hospital. And uh, they would just like to say thank you for all the prayers, the text, the, uh, the cars that were borrowed, the money that was given. They said it was a very scary time, and apparently Delaney's doing fine now, correct? Good. So it's great to know that we're helping somebody out there. Um, the other announcement I just want to let you know about. Uh, I'm going to show you a video here in a couple seconds. But there was a few, few months ago at a family devotional we had, we offered it up to some people here in, at Greater Alton to uh, basically follow God in one small way. Where in James it talks about that true religion is caring for widows and orphans in their distress. And uh, my wife has recently come in contact with a, uh, a preacher in India who, who cares for widows and orphans. And we had this very simple way we, had, way. we had quick trip cups. And we asked people just to collect their change, to collect their leftover money at the end of the day. And at the end of a month, we were going to send it over there. We sent over there around $500. And they were able to, with the $500, they were able to buy rice, cooking oil, and shampoo for a month for around 30 widows and orphans. Is that correct? And we've got this video we want to show you that he sent just his way of saying thank you so you know what's going on over there. <laughs> Our layer. Our layer. Only one you are living. Okay, God will help you. Come to church every week, okay, on Sunday. Thank you so much, Susan and team. Okay, you got the gist, right? The internet is down this morning, so any problems we are having, we are blaming on the internet, okay? They're in the south. They're in the. I think it's the eastern hemisphere. <laughs> India's in the northern hemisphere. You know that, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, we have been talking about stewardship for the last ten weeks, I believe, and you folks have been going through uh, some small group studies, both on an individual basis and then in your small groups, discussing them. Uh, about how we should be good stewards of what we have. We, and we talk, started out talking about a steward is a manager. And basically God tells us that everything we have, even our very lives, belong to Him. And He is simply giving us, giving us the job of managing them. And we are looking, we've looked at several different areas and saying, okay, how are we managing what God has given us? We talked about how we manage our money. We talked about how we manage our time. We talk about how we manage our family or how we manage our testimony. Are we being faithful with the testimony God's given us of our story of how Jesus has impacted our lives? And 
Today we're wrapping up the study. And before we get started, I just want to say all the props are gone. Did you notice that? I think Tim knew what I was up to. Because he had a clock over here for when he talked about managing time. And when he was up here, it was running. And it was keeping time. And I thought he was going to try to get done early, you know. It was going to help remind him to get done. But it stopped on 11.55. And I didn't know if that was a record, you know, that I was supposed to shoot for. Or if it was just something he was proud of. I don't know. But he's removed it before today. So all we have is what we're talking about today. Our only props for today are trash cans. Let me pull it this way. And we'll get to that in a minute. But we're talking about being good stewards of our trash. Now, if you've been through that in your small group study already, you know that when in that particular study, it's talking about um, being responsible with your literal trash. You know, recycling and, and doing things for the environment. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so it's not the direction I'm going today. I believe that that is something you need to give your attention to. Okay, several years ago, I decided to be what I call a lazy recycler when it comes to plastic bags. You know all the plastic bags you're supposed to bag up and take away? You know how I do it? I just don't take them to begin with. I just say, I don't want that. Let me put it in my pockets. And guys, I believe there's good things to do. I've quit buying bottled water. Instead, I have a uh, thermos in my, in my van, uh, you know, big cooler that we can pour two to five gallons of water in and, and we can drink water that way. And so, guys, I think that's something. But if you want to do that, honestly, that's between you and God. The church has no recycling policy. Okay? I think it's, and this is really what this is all about. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God. We don't believe that we are here as a church to tell you what to do. To tell you how to make every decision in your life. We believe that it's our responsibility to, to bring you to God and let God show you what He says and let you make a decision on your own. And so, guys, I encourage you to go through that. But today we're talking about, we're going to be talking about a different type of trash. And if you have your Bibles, and if you want to open to Philippians chapter 1, I want to read a passage that uh, a number of the verses in your notes come from. And this is one of the main... You say, how are you going to talk about trash? Where do they talk about trash? Well, it mentions the word garbage in this passage. And guys, I think you're going to see where I'm going, and you're going to, you're going to like this. You're going to follow me. But beginning in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1, this is what it says. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to rev- write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs. Those evil, those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have such reasons for confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. And guys, this passage, if you wonder, what is he talking about, these mutilators of the flesh? 
What is he talking about? Why is he talking about this? Well, there was a controversy in the early church. And what it was is there were people who had became Christians out of the Jewish religion, out of the Jewish nation, and there were people who had became Christians out of the Gentile nation, or the Gentiles, non-Jewish people. And the Jewish people had had the law from God, and they were basically, before everybody became Christians, they, they had a moral purity that the rest of the world didn't have. And they had decided that the way that new Christians who didn't come from this morally pure background needed to be morally pure as Christians was to follow the Old Testament law and specifically the commandment to be circumcised. And it it derived, it fell well beyond just circumcision to following all of the laws. And you want to know why did I say we don't tell people what to do? Because God doesn't want me to tell you what to do. That's what it is. God's not here. Church isn't set up to make a bunch of rules. I'm going to get there. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But these people were putting confidence in that. They were going around, well, we're more right with God than you because we're circumcised. And you should be circumcised too. Good for you. But going on, this is what Paul says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more... I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You see, guys, what Paul's saying here is there's certain things in his life. He's contrasting these people who put confidence in their fleshly accomplishments. They put confidence in the fact that they're circumcised. They put confidence in the fact that they follow these laws. And what do you mean by confidence? That means that they feel they are more right with God. They have confidence in their relationship with God, confidence that they can go before God and talk to God, confidence that God is happy with them because of these things they can see. And Paul is saying, hey, I, don't, I could put confidence in that, but I don't. In fact, these things that I could put confidence in, I consider them garbage. They're trash. I've thrown them away. And you see, guys, I've entitled this lesson, What's in Your Trash? Because the truth is, I have trash in my life. Okay? Every one of us has trash in our lives. We have, if you were, a trash can where we discard things. See, guys, Paul says in Philippians 3.8, he goes, I consider them garbage. Now, trash, if you want to get down to the definition, I find a dictionary to be very helpful, helping me understand things. You know that? I've still never learned how to use it to learn how to spell a word. If I can't spell it, I don't know how the dictionary is supposed to help me. But this is what the dictionary says trash is. Trash is anything worthless, useless, or discarded. 
Rubbish is something worthless, unwanted, material that is rejected or thrown out. You see, guys, what Paul was saying was, listen, all my education, all my experience, all my heritage, all of, all of my, my knowledge of God, every bit of it, all of my keeping of the law is worthless when it comes to having my relationship with God. I have faith in Jesus Christ is what he's saying. I don't have faith in what I've done. When people say I'm saved by faith and not by works, that is what they're talking about. There is nothing we can do to give us the right to stand before God as sinless. It's all based on the faith of faith in what Jesus has done. Okay? And he says all these things I've thrown away. Now, I don't know about you, but there's things that we throw away. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. What are... What are, what are it says, I have trash in my life. My trash are the things I've left behind. Are the things that I have discarded. Paul is saying, I've discarded my confidence in these things. He considers them his, this is trash. He's put them behind him. And you see, guys, the truth is, everybody's, we've all thrown things away in our lives. You know that? I mean, not, I'm not talking about your literal trash. Okay. Has anybody ever here ever thrown away a relationship? Thrown away a friendship? Hands are going up. Oh my goodness. It's confession time. You thrown away for, anybody ever thrown away a dream? Anybody ever put a failure behind them? Okay? Anybody have some hurts in their lives, some hurtful events that you don't want to revisit? Those are your trash in your life. You know that? You've thrown them away. They're worthless to you. Everyone, we've put them behind us. In Psalms 50, this is what it says. You hate my instruction and cast my words behind you. See, guys, we all have things like that that we have thrown out. That we don't want to revisit. That we consider worthless. You know... Has anybody ever thrown a fear away? You know how you throw a fear away? You try to shape your life to avoid the circumstances that make you afraid. Anybody done that? You know, taking a risk emotionally. I'm afraid of. I've been hurt. So guess what? I don't take that emotional risk. I've thrown that that away. I put it in my trash. Okay, that's what you do. You avoid those circumstances. You tried it once and failed or you tried it multiple times and failed. And you decided, I am not going there anymore. I am not going to do that. You see, guys, the third thing I want to talk about and bring up, you see, we all have trash and our trash is the things we put behind us. My trash reveals what I value. My trash reveals my values. Is there anybody who's thrown anything good away? Did you do it on purpose? No. You don't throw things away that you find valuable. You throw things away that you think are worthless. You throw things away that you find no value in whatsoever. You see, guys, so what's in your trash 
You know, like the Capital One commercial, what's in your wallet? What's in your trash is what you've decided has no value. That's the way that works. In Philippians 3, 7, this is what Paul says. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless. That's what he's saying is he's throwing them away. See, now, guys, the fourth thing that you need to understand about your trash is that God expects me to examine what I value. God is concerned with what I value. I love this passage. Uh, this passage is not in your notes. It's in Matthew 6.21. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus said that. And why did He say that? He's saying, listen guys, you need to pay attention to what you value. You need to pay attention to what you treasure. Because God is not interested in you being religious. God is not interested in you just following a bunch of rules. God wants your heart. God wants a relationship with you. And He understands that if you're going to have the most intimate relationship with Him that is possible... You need to value what He values. And He wants you to value what He values. And Jesus says, well, where your heart is, or your treasure is, there your heart is also. I love this passage in Philippians 3. We didn't read down to this when we read earlier. But Paul, after he's talking about himself, and he's talking about how he puts no confidence in the flesh, and he considers all these things rubbish, and he wants to know Christ, and he wants to know the, the, the pain of his suffering. Yeah, sign me up for that, right? And this is what he says. Philippians 3.15, he says, Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. He's saying what? Everybody should think this way eventually. If If you consider yourself spiritually mature, I won't ask for a raise of hands, okay? But he's saying if you do, you need to think the way he does. And here's the fun part. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make that plain to you. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm going to leave it between you and God. If you don't see things the way I do, if you don't see things the way I believe God does, guess what? I'm going to let him take care of that. You see, when I said earlier, we don't believe in telling everybody what to do. I believe I'll let God take care of that. I believe I'll let God take care of that. You see, guys, if you think... Anybody that has tried to pursue a relationship with God knows that there is a challenge involved, and it's something called sin. Is that not correct? Sin gets in the way of your relationship with God, and anybody who's tried very long understands one very clear thing. Getting rid of sin of your life is no easy matter. It is a difficult task to do. That's why these people were coming up with rules. They wanted to you know, follow the Old Testament law. That will help you deal with sin. No, it won't. You know what will help you deal with sin? Having your values equal God's values. Having your values agree with God. You see, guys, we talk about, we talk about all kinds of things. And you can talk about one of the things that, that, that when it comes to talking about sin, though it mainly is with younger people, you talk about this though not, not exclusively, is when it comes to sexual purity and sexual immorality. 
and what's right and what's wrong and what's okay to do, what's not okay to do, what's impure, what's immoral, what's not. Okay? I'm not going to sit here and tell you a list of do's and don'ts when it comes to how to remain sexually pure. I'm not going to do it. You know what I tell you to do? You need to value sexual purity the way God does. You see, when you value sexual purity, you will recognize impurity. Okay, what's the deal? God never says that I should turn off Big Bang Theory because it's too sexualized. He doesn't do that to me. But you know what? I turn it off because I value what God says about sexual purity. This show is hilarious. It about kills me to do it. I'm just being honest. I love it. I come up with another show. I've had to delete from my list of recordings or my schedule of recordings on my DVR. The Americans. Has anybody followed that? It's on the FX channel. Should that not give me a warning enough? I'm not sure what FX stands for, but I can come up with a few ideas of my own. I had to turn it off. It's, it's, it's a wonderful premise for a show. It's about Russian spies in the U.S. during the early 80s. Deep cover spies. Husband and wives with children spying for Russia in the United States. Cool premise. Ooh, there's more sex involved in that show than I... I mean, it, it gets... It gets bad, right, Brian? Brian, Brian, you agree with me? Brian and I have discussed this. We have discussed this. I had to tell him I've deleted it. I can't watch it anymore. Why? Guys, I can't value that show because God does not value that show, I don't believe. Nobody's told me to do that. I've decided that I'm going to value what God values. And for that to happen, I have to examine my... I haven't always been that way. I have not always been that way. As a teenager who tried to follow Jesus the best I understood at the time, I understood that sexual immorality was having intercourse with somebody I wasn't married to. And I understood lust that if I think about having intercourse without being married to him, I'm wrong. But he didn't say nothing about second base. That's the mind of a teenager, ain't it? Guys, what was the problem? I was looking for what I could do and what I couldn't do. I wasn't looking for saying, I wasn't looking to align my values with God's. I was looking for where the line was, what the rule was, what was safe. You see, guys, when you say, I'm going to value what God was, you'll stay, across, you'll stay away from the line. You'll stay away from the line. See, guys, and the last note there in your notes is that my trash reveals my values if my values agree with God's values. You want to look through what you've thrown away. Maybe you've thrown out a standard that differs from God. And you see, guys, we've got the trash can up because today... What we're going to do, if we're going to examine, if our trash reveals, if our, if our values agree with God's, we need to open up the trash can. And we need to look inside. And we need to be willing to sift through the trash. And when it comes to sifting through the trash, I have a little trash here. I have two buckets of trash. As most of you know, my wife and I own a two car washes. 
And car washes are very interesting businesses. People bring you two things. They bring you money and they bring you trash. And they leave you money for you taking their trash. And what I have here is two buckets that we got out of the vacuums in our car wash. And I'll leave them up here if you want to come look through it when you're done, okay? But basically, it's anything that can be sucked up in a vacuum. I mean, the basic theory of the car wash when they get the vacuum is it's gone forever, you know? We don't care where it goes. We don't care what happens to it. We don't care. We've seen people hose their, the bed of their truck out and then go out there and suck the water out. It's gone. I don't have to worry about it. Friday afternoon, uh, Jason Law and myself spent about an hour. This wasn't all of it. It was about twice this much, actually. And we sifted through this trash. Okay, we spread it out over some, over some barrels with some screen. We poured it on it. We picked the big stuff off. And we... We got the dirt around and sifted through every last bit of it. Now, do you know why we did that? I don't know how much is here. My wife is better at estimating this than I am. Okay, because she always takes it to the she's the one who takes it to the bank. I make the breakfast for the kids. And she takes the dirty money to the bank. That's the way it works in my house. I'm guesstimating there's somewhere between $30 and $40 in change here. And you're asking yourself, Gary, is things really that bad around your house that you have to sift through the trash? No, it's not. Okay? But over the course of the year, we, we save it in one spot for a year because we want to know how much we get out of it. The first year, we, in one car wash, we took out $220. I think that's worth sifting through. Yeah, and my father-in-law does the sifting at that car wash. He's concerned about us paying his money back. But, um, guys, there's value in it. We expect this year to, to get three to $400 out of the dirt. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's worth sifting through. It's worth sifting through the trash. Let me get this out of my way before I knock it over, because that's what I will do. Because there's value in it. There are valuable... And I just want to tell you, the same way that we find money in our dirt, in the vacuums, I just want to tell you there's value in your trash can. There's value in the things that you have thrown away. And guys, that's what we want to talk about real briefly today. We've got two things we want to talk about. Because guys, examining my trash is going to reveal two things. It's going to reveal two things. The first is that I value things God doesn't. You see, guys, when you look through your trash, you know what you're going to notice? There's some things missing. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, I put some things in the trash, and you who are all spiritually mature should have put them there too. And guys, I just want to encourage you, as you open up your trash can and you look inside, ask God to show you don't go through the trash can alone. Go through your trash can with God. Don't try to figure out what you value that God doesn't. You see, He made us a little promise when Jesus was here on earth. And it was said that if you ask, you will receive. So if you ask God, God, what do I value that you don't? He's going to show you. 
He's going to show you that friendship that you've let go of that you shouldn't have. That you wrote off. I'm sorry, he, that may be in your marriage. That may be that you wrote off your marriage. That you're saying it's not going anywhere. And God says, I have find value in your marriage that you don't know about. Got that next passage in your notes in Luke 16. This is a scary passage. It says, The Pharisees who love money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. See, guys, I just want to challenge you with something right here. When God looks at your heart, when you invite God to look at your heart, He will show you something that you value that He finds detestable. Now, that's not very exciting, is it? That was about as exciting as sifting through dirt. Because we need to realize that we have things that are detestable. Well, what are you talking about, Gary? What do you find detestable? Well, you know, I have things that I, in my, I have value things that God finds detestable. You know what? One of the things is that I value that I believe God finds detestable. I value financial security. Anybody else with me? I am self-employed. What does that mean? It means I don't pay workers' compensation insurance on myself because I don't want to. I do not pay. I have to pay my own health care costs if I want it. Uh, If I get injured, I have a problem. I like financial security. What does that mean? It means you build your business big enough. You make enough money. You've got enough money in the bank. You have enough assets to where you don't worry about how things are going to be paid. That's what I mean by financial security. Do you know how I know that God finds that detestable? He told me. No, no, no. Don't look at me like I'm whack. Okay. You go open your Bible up to Matthew chapter 6 and you will see him say this. He has said it in Matthew chapter 6. He says, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about what you will eat. Do not worry about the clothes you wear. Now, if you wanted to fill in the blanks, I could add, do not worry how your bills will be paid if you get hurt and can't work. Do not worry about how you are going to provide for yourself or how you will be provided for when you retire. Do not worry about what happens if you get a terminal illness. Do not worry if you get an illness that you may not die from, but it's going to cost a lot of money to keep you well. I believe all those things fall into that category. Every last one of them is what? God said, do not worry. What happens if I worry? See, guys... I have something outside of my trash that needs to be in my trash. It's called financial security. I value things that God doesn't. 
And, guys, that's what you got to look at. That's what you're going to find when you look in your trash. You're going to find something's missing. You want to know something else? I value that God finds detestable. I value comfort. Anybody else with me there? You want to be comfortable, right? I don't mind working hard as long as I don't sweat. Right? 40-hour week in air conditioning. And now that I'm 50, I would prefer a nap time at noon. I want to be comfortable. Again, how do I know that God detests that? Because Jesus did not live a comfortable life. I mean, all you got to do, you go back and read it. If he... How can, I, how can I expect something he didn't give his son? I mean, literally, how can I expect that? Comfort also involves a pain-free existence. See, guys, I value trying to shape my life and organize my time to make it the most comfortable. And God goes, you're missing the boat, Gary. I do not value that. Now, if I value something that God does not value... Let me see about this. Do you think he's going to help me get what I want? No, he's not. Guys, what, is it, what am I saying? When I value something that God doesn't, what I'm saying is, God, I disagree with you, and I really don't care. I want to hang on to what I want. And you see, guys, here's the problem. Until I recognize that I have a problem wanting financial security, and I have a problem wanting comfort, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pursue those things. I am going to pursue financial security, and I'm going to pursue, pursue comfort. And I'm not being the man God wants me to be. That's all there is to it. I'm not being a good steward. Guys, the second thing that you're going to learn when you sift through your trash is that I have discarded things God values. I have thrown things away that He values. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus has a few words to say to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And I've got some of them there in your notes. Matthew 23, verse 23, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You have not practiced the latter, or you should have practiced the latter, without neglecting the former. What is he saying? What is he telling him? He says, you've thrown some things away that you needed to have kept. You've thrown some things away I value. You've thrown away mercy, justice, and faithfulness. He's saying, I value those and you don't. You see, guys, that's what's going to happen. Now, when you look at this, I think a very clear distinction. What you have here is these, these, uh, these Pharisees, they very clearly, they said what? When it came to tithing, when it came to giving a tenth 
10% of everything they owned to God. They were meticulous about it. To where they even went home and got out their spices, measured out 10%, gave them to God. They were meticulous about it. You see, guys, the difference between tithing and mercy, justice, and faithfulness is tithing you can measure pretty clearly, can't you? You can see it. You can measure it. You can show it to other people. When it comes to you having mercy, that's a little bit different story. How do you measure your, your, your level of mercy? How do you, you level your, measure your level of justice or your level of faithfulness? I know it shows up in your actions, but I can't measure. Tithing, I can do. This is how much I made. This is how much I gave. What's the percentage? I'm done. But when it comes to these other things, guys, you can't see them quite as clearly. And guys, that is the problem, is that we like to focus on things we can see instead of things we have to trust God about. I was asking Alan about this, and he said, I think you're talk, what you're talking about is being a Cardinal fan versus being a Cub fan. He says being a Cardinal fan is by sight. You know, because they win every year, right? While the Cubs, it's a perpetual, endless, next year we'll be there. Wait till next year. Which, by the way, you know, that might be good exercise in your faith for all I know. I mean, you know, if you want your faith to grow, you might just want to learn how, you know, how to do that. You become a Cubs fan. Because you're hoping for something you can't see for a long time. I'm hoping Jesus is going to come back. It may be a long time. There's a parallel there. You think about it. You think about it. You see, guys, we tend to throw away the invisible. We tend to throw away matters of faith. You see, when it comes to me and my desire for financial security, that I can see. I can see my efforts. I can check my profit and loss statement. I can check how many car washes I do each day. I can check what my sales are. I can check where my profit is during the month. I can check all those things. I can see how much money I owe, how much money people owe me. I can see that. Having faith that God's going to take care of that. Faith means I don't see where it's coming from. That's what it says in Hebrews 11. It says, faith is being sure of what you cannot see. Guys, are you valuing what God's valuing? Because we've probably thrown some things out. And those things tend to be things you can't see readily. Things you can hide. See, guys, my, my experience is, I'm in the auto glass industry also, the auto glass business, and auto glass technicians tend to do one thing. If you give them 20 steps of how to do a job, they're going to find a way to do it in 10. Is that right? Is that right, Danny? You don't have to take cow off. Maybe five. And then brag about it. It's the way we are. It's the way we are. And guys, what I've realized is that's, that's, that's just the struggle of life. 
Everyone, and we do the same thing in Christianity today. We try to say, what's the least I have to do to be, be okay with God? What's the least I have to do? It's much easier to have a checklist that says I attend church. I gave my check, put my check in the plate. I'm involved in a ministry. You know, I serve pancakes next Sunday at the, at the, at the, at the sausage and pancake breakfast at Easter. It's much easier to check off those things than it is to say, I can't stand the fact that I've got this relationship that's not right. That I have somebody unhappy with me and I'm going to be a peacemaker. It's much easier to see one and not the other. And you can focus on what you're doing. That's what we do. We whittle it down. And we say, God, that's what these Pharisees have done here, guys. Jesus lists four things and he says, you've thrown three of them away. You know, I, I was talking about sending the money to, to India. Because um, it's plain as day in James 1. It says that religion that God finds pure and acceptable is this. To care for widows and orphans in their distress. And we've talked about this as elders. We go, we don't do enough for the poor. And so what can we do? This is one thing we found to do. It's not a church function. It's something that we have found to do and we're supporting. And by the way, if you're interested in doing that, we are sending money over there on a regular basis. There are people who are continuing saving the change for that. And if you wish to be involved in that or you find a need of your own, I encourage you to do that. But do you know that's not all that verse says? In James, it says, religion that our God, our God finds pure and acceptable is this. It's the care for widows and orphans in their, in their distress. And I've been focused on that for the last two months. And the other night, we had a meeting with the, with the campus folks. And Alan read the rest of the verse. Didn't you read the rest of the verse? Well, Tim did. One of you did. And it says, and to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. That was Tim. Give credit where credit is due. I knew it wasn't me because I'm not in charge, right? <laughs> which is fine. Which is, which is fine. Tim asked that last week. He said, there's this question of whether Tim or Alan's in charge, and everybody knows Gary's not in charge. And Justin was in the back, and Justin says, uh, I'm not sure if that was an insult or a compliment. I said, Either way, it's just the reality of things. I think it was more of a speaks to my passivity. And honestly, guys, seriously, it's easier for me to be passive than it is to take the lead. And we've spoken very clearly, uh, the three of us, that we do not want to be a church that is led by one person. We want to be a church that is led by a team of elders. And what that means in practical terms is that at any one point in time, there will be any one of the three of us or maybe one of you leading the charge in the direction that we need to be going. Okay? There's times where I've thrown leadership away. Okay? Where I'm passive. And I shouldn't be. Guys, God values somebody standing up for what He values. And I have a history of, of not being that way. Can I be honest with you? And that's something I've got to get out of the trash. Guys, I don't know what's in your trash. But I guarantee you, if you ask God to look through your trash, you've whittled things down. 
And there's things he values that you have thrown away. That you've thrown away. One last thing I want to talk about this before I move on to the last thing is that um, how many of you value pain? Anybody? Thank you, sir. May I please have another? Get up in the morning and say, God, could you make today hard? Could you give me some challenges that I haven't faced yet? Anybody do that? Not me. Not me. Did you know that God values pain? If you go look at Hebrews chapter 12 on your own, that is what he says. He says that pain is evidence of him treating you as a child. And the fact that he is training you. And it's evidence of his love. No, I can't stand up here and say, God, show me some more love. I accept the pain now, but I do not value it on the same level that God does. It is a challenge for me. Guys, you're going to find something like that. The last thing I want to speak to you guys is those last two passages in your notes. And these speak to the same thing. The first one's in Matthew chapter 5, and this is what it says. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. The other's in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-one, and it says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Guys, I put this in here because I want to speak specifically to throwing away of relationships with people. Okay? God says there in Matthew chapter 5 that you can't approach Him if you're not working on your relationships with the people around you. And when you have relationships in your life that you are unwilling to deal with, that you have thrown in the garbage, that you have put behind you, that you have said they have no value to me, you need to understand that God values that differently than you do. And if you want to pursue a relationship with God, you need to get your values to agree with Him. It's very simple. And guys, and I say that based on, we just went through this study at the end of last year on being peacemakers. And guys, I just want to remind us that that is something God wants before us. God values that. My question is, do you? Do you value it? Guys, as we close out, I don't know what's in your trash. I don't know what's there for you. And I'll be honest with you, to speak to this, I would, I, would, I would love to be able to sit here and to know that everybody's been convicted of something. Everybody, oh my goodness, I value something God doesn't, and this is what it is, and I need to repent. 
and to see very clearly what it is. I know that's not usually how it works. If you're sitting here today and you say, you know, I encourage you to share with somebody, whether you write it on the communication card that's in your bulletin that we're going to collect and ask people to pray for you. If you ask, if you want to write it on there, or if you see something, man, I value, tell the people closest to you about it. Talk about, hey, I'm valuing something God doesn't, and I'm not valuing what He says. If you're sitting here today and you go, this is a new thought for me. I don't nothing come to mind. That's okay. God deals with all of us on our own terms and in our own way, in our own time. But I ask you to invite God into your heart to examine what you're valuing. Let Him show you. Because He's promised He's going to answer that prayer.